Alright, welcome back for episode 28 of Free the Geek FM. And in this episode, my friend, we're going to be talking about career changes. Or perhaps not always career changes, but are you sure about the career path which you are currently on? I'll see you in a sec. Alright, welcome back to episode 28. It's me, Matthew Setter. Setter MJD on Twitter. MatthewSetter.com I, your loving host, the host of this show, which I am very happy to have your company. I'm back and really looking forward to talking with you today. Now, before we get into the episode, what's been happening lately? And I don't just mean talking about me. Hey, look, I'm the host of the show. It's fun to be indulgent and all those sorts of things. But recently, well, what's been going on? There's been the, what would you say, the talks of iOS 11, and I think it's Android Oreo. For an Android user for the last 12 months, I know incredibly little about it, or I sort of, I keep up with it, perhaps nowhere near as, as much as other people do. Anyway, it's been interesting to sort of see what's been coming out, uh, what the new changes are for the new versions of their respective mobile OSs. What's also been interesting, at least from my own perspective, is getting into a wonderful, wonderful podcast called Security Now by Steve Gibson. This is the Steve Gibson of GRC or Gibson Research Corporation, if you've ever used it, and perhaps you may have. He has a series of products called Shields Up and Spinrite and all those sorts of things. I will link to him in the show notes. Now, it's part of the Twit network, and why I mention it is that it's for, for someone who, that is myself, who's getting ever more into security, it's an amazing podcast. He is, he's like, and I, know, I mean no offense to him, he's, he's like he's sort of the, the sagely older mentor, there we go, there's a nice middle line, who knows so much about a particular topic and makes it so fascinating. It's why I, I find it funny in society in, in recent years, perhaps over the last 10 to 15, that everything good has to be from people who are young and ever younger than the year before. Whatever happened to the time when things that were amazing could come from older people, people who had, who were perhaps even octogenarians. There's a fellow called Harry Leslie Smith in the UK who I'll link to as well. He is also incredibly inspiring. You know, you get the sum total of, of many decades of knowledge and experience. And so I, I kind of just wonder, whatever happened to that? And why does it seem to have fallen out of vogue in, in favor of people who perhaps are like 20 and may really have not done that much? Something interesting, but comparatively to older people, not much. Now, neither is necessarily, um, you know, right, and the other is not necessarily wrong, just... I just kind of wonder whatever happened to that or what's happening to it anyway. So anyway, Security Now, it's an amazing podcast. Let me just find that now. Here we do, as I do a little bit. I think you could perhaps hear the keys there. Security Now. And this is part of the Twit TV network. Let me read you the little, the little, the bio here. Hosted by Steve Gibson and Leo Laporte, the man of amazing dulcet tones. Steve Gibson, the man who coined the term spyware and created the first anti-spyware program, creator of Spinrite and Shields Up, discusses the hot topics in security today with Leo Laporte. And honestly, it is a really great show. Anyway, I blabbed on non-specifically for a while. 
So let's cut from that and let's get into today's show. What I want to talk about uh, are career changes. Now, the reason that I want to talk about that is because recently I, I sort of, I'm going to be honest here, I've I've had a sort of sen- a sense of, of, of introspection and realized that after a, a, a pretty rotten experience at a, at a certain company, whose name I shall not name, but those of you who know me quite well may know who I'm talking about, after 20 odd years of, of writing software, I kind of, I, I in part walked away and I uh, dove right into technical writing and technical documentation. Now there's nothing wrong with, with technical writing and documentation. It's, it's a very awesome thing to do and something that I'm in part, I'm very glad of, but you know, hand on heart, honest admission, I realized that in, in part, it, it wasn't something like, it, it wasn't as though, okay, I'm kind of done with software. Um, I'm going to move on now. It was just, I, it, it was sort of like a knee jerk reaction in part. And now that I've sort of been realizing that and moved on from this experience, I'm thinking, no, I really do love writing code and, and debugging it and making good apps that I'm moving back into doing software as the majority of what I do. And why I say that is that I kind of, that's my motivator of sort of thinking, well, in which direction am I heading? You know, why am I going down that path? Why have I been going down the path that I've been going down up until this point in time? And I want to ask the same question of you, you know, you're maybe like say a software developer, tester, QA, technical writer, documentarian, you know, something to do with the wonderful, wonderful field that is software development. The question is though that I have for you is, have you asked yourself why? Is it because your mother or your father was a software developer and they had such a a passion for it that they passed, which, sorry, which then passed on to you or you sort of sort of picked up by a sense of osmosis? Was it the expectation that, well, you know, so many people in your family had something to do with computers that you sort of felt a, a kind of a responsibility, an obligation, uh, uh, that that was the path. Now, nothing wrong with either of those necessarily. The only thing I would critique if someone says, I am and so you will, or I expect that you will be, or my son, or my daughter will be, or my child, you know, whatever, will be, you know, will do this role. That's the only thing I think is just absolutely rubbish and mental, but eh, discussion for another day. So what is it? And I'm not wanting to be sort of tree huggy and hippie and, you know, what's your path and where do you you know feel love and all that stuff. It's just, you know, is, is this something that you're really getting a lot out of? Is this something that you want to come to each and every day? I'm not necessarily a believer in the folly of passion approach, but what I am a believer in is that for the, I don't know if it's a majority of countries around the world, but for in, in quite a large number of countries around the world, you have in, in the modern day the ability to choose to say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to learn that. The days of forced labor and you know child labor are, are more or less gone. I know they still exist, um, but I'm kind of not touching on that topic because it's really not the focus of the show. Say in, in we'll pick some countries, Germany, where I live, Australia, England, Canada, New Zealand, the United States, and so on, all have, you know, if, if you grow up in those countries, by and large, you have the ability to choose what you're going to do. Now, for some people, it's a lot easier than others. Some people, it's quite hard. 
those things aside, you generally have a certain amount of choice. And if you're a software developer, you have a lot of choice. So the question is this, if you're going to be doing something eight, nine, 10 hours a day for, well, let's pick Uncle Bob, who said he's been developing for something like 50 years, wouldn't it make sense that it's something that you really want to turn up to each and every day or spend a lot of time on? Because it's really something the that you would do anyway, even if no one paid you any money, yet they happen to. So you get to basically be paid to do what you really want to do majority of every day. So for that reason, I feel that the onus is upon us to make sure we consciously think about these things. And so, okay, for example, your, your current focus is you are a, a full stack web application developer, but there's bits of it that you think really suck. You know, maybe you just hate JavaScript. Maybe you hate API design or something. It just doesn't, you know, bake your noodle. But for some reason, you know, like me, you just find security fascinating. You know, like why do people do, you know, why do people hack? What motivates them to do that? What motivates one person to do it for sort of pure profit or, um, I'm, I'm, I don't want to use the word nefarious, but it's the first word that pops to mind, for less than kosher reasons, right? So what, you know, what motivates someone? And then how do they do what they do? To the next person, for example, to my dad when I was writing some Java networking application some years ago, they might look at it and say, I have no idea what you're doing and I don't even know why, they, why you even find this fascinating. But to you, who cares if they do find it fascinating or not? If something about it grabs your attention and you just want to keep reading all day, every day and applying and all those sorts of things. So what is it, you know, do you, is it, are you kind of really focused on where you are? Or would it be worthwhile taking, say, a little sideways shift to the right? Maybe, you know, you're wanting to get into software, so or you're making wanting to make a career change out of software. So before you sort of go do that, well, what is it? You know, what 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 is it that sort of does it for you, if you will? Um, I, I, I feel like my 10-year-old nephew using a phrase like that. So in, in the interest of helping you do that, I have three questions. And these are, number one, where is your focus? We've kind of been going over that a little. You know, what is the thing that you sort of see, you find yourself reading about more and more? You find yourself listening to in podcasts that you subscribe to that you would happily engage in conversation with, with one or several friends. Then let's look at the complement of what pays. Now, this can be a funny thing to talk about. I don't really care. I'm not bothered. I'd happily say how much I earn if someone inquired, assuming I knew them. Because the reason I talk about what pays is because, well, IOUs are great, but they don't pay the bills. It's a perhaps a sad fact of the world we live in. We don't live in some kind of Star Trek utopia, utopian existence. We live in a world that is, well, to a large extent, capitalist-driven. And in capitalist society, we don't do bartering. You know, you want something, you have to pay. And usually you have to pay with some form of currency, right? Whether that's to get you, you know, to keep the lights on, to pay the rent, to pay the mortgage, those sorts of things. And if, you know, we're putting a whole lot of thought into, well, what career path could I get into? Well, then how about looking at, well, maybe if I tweet the career path just a smidge, I could earn 
twice or three times as much for doing almost the same thing. Now, this does get a little bit kind of funny in that a lot of people will say, well, here are the surveys that say a Java developer makes this, um, a security specialist makes that, a PHP developer does this, and so on and so on. But I mean, sometimes those meaning, those numbers, I find them to be nothing more than a bit of a raw, broad guide. Because honestly, if you're enterprising, if you are good at what you do, if you build a brand, or if you know how to build a brand, or you're building one, or you have one, those numbers might be just, you know, that's just an opening gambit. That's just the baseline. So, but, but they're also interesting to sort of take us, to give you a gauge as to, you know, what, what's possible. So that would be my next question. You know, what pays? What does this potential profession pay? Then, what's important to you? And we've also covered this. But here I'm kind of meaning, you know, like, in what way do you like to work? Some people love to be a full-time employee. They love to have that regular rhythm, that regular uh, way of, uh, that regular daily routine. They like the fact of having the water cooler chat, turning up to an office place and everything's, well, a lot of things are sort of taken care of for you. Other people, like myself, love the freelance lifestyle where so much of the onus is, is on you, but then you have an, a lot more flexibility and sort of a bit like a salesperson, your, your income is potentially um, can be much greater. So, you know, what way in which you're working is is more important to you? Or if you're not doing it now, such as myself about whew, three years ago, you know, I knew I wanted to be working in a freelance mode, but I was working as a permanent employee. So if you're not there yet, where do you want to be? So something also to keep in mind. Now, we've, got, we've, we've looked at all of those sorts of things. And we're coming up to about the 14-minute mark. So now that we've covered off on those those sort of feelings of, of where would I like to go and what's important to me and how can I, you know, what do I need or does this potential career shift or path pay enough because, you know, perhaps you have dependents, spouse, uh, elderly relatives and so on. Let's look at some sort of specifics as to how you can do that. Now, these bits are my advice. Um, some of them will probably sound like a lot of the things that you've already heard. I'd like to think that they're not sort of necessarily bland, but for what they're worth, there's some thoughts I put together before the show, and I'm going to share them with you in the hopes that they will help you make a su successful career shift should you go down that path. Firstly, first thing... Um, I definitely encourage you to do is find mentors. Now, a bit of a backstory. I had a mentor or I, I found a mentor when I was about 17. Now, for those who, who don't know me around that time, um, interesting time of life. I really had no direction. I like to think of myself as a bright little kid. But if anything, I had no direction whatsoever. Um, really wanted one. Just nothing really appealed enough in part, or I was sort of really uncertain about what the path that I should follow was. You know, some people knew they wanted to play football, whether that's European football, rugby union, rugby league, AFL, and so on, right? Great. Some people some people had been writing software and playing with computers since they were uh, 10, 11, 12. You know, so it's, it's sort of hard. It was very hard for me. So I found a mentor. I went looking 
and hand on heart, this is how it happened. I, um, my mum used to be into, if you've ever lived in Australia or have any Australian family or friends, you'll have probably heard about a, 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 a magazine of, of wonderful repute and reputation called Woman's Day. Or it could have been Woman's Weekly. No, I didn't read them. I was reading them for a friend. Anyway, whatever. My mum had this magazine on the floor. And I was just flicking through it one day. And I see this, this article about this bloke. Um, his name's John McGrath. The man owns McGrath Real Estate in Sydney. If somehow or other, by the way, you kind of know of John and you sort of somehow or other, this winds its way to him. Hello, John. It's been a really long time. I don't expect that that would happen, but on the off chance that it does, it's been a really long time. Would love to get in touch with you next time I'm in Sydney. Anyway, moving on. Yes, yeah, so there we were. And I saw this, 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 this article and it, and it spoke of this person who was in a similar position to myself. He wasn't sure where he was going when he was approaching leaving school and at leaving school age. And that sort of put the proverbial fire of God into him. Because, you know, what was going to become of him? Where would his life go? What would he, you know, where would he end up? And he sort of had this fear, if memory serves correctly, that he'd, he'd end up basically on the poverty line because, well, he hadn't exactly done magically well at school. He wasn't on the sports team because I think he had a, a knee or an ankle injury. And so he sort of, that sort of forced him to, to find his focus and he became a very successful real estate, um, real estate agent and developer. And so he's formed a company and that company's gone on, you know, largely strength to strength over the intervening years. So I read this story and this is him. I think he was 23 at the time or perhaps 25. He had sold Australia's most expensive piece of commercial real estate for something like $11.6 million. I think the record might still hold actually. Um, and he was, you know, engaged to this, this, this beautiful blonde lady whose name I don't remember. And so I thought, well, you know, for, for a young, impressionable kid, here's a person who seems to, at a very young age, have all the, the ducks in a, in a row. And I thought, wow, if he doesn't know it, if he can't help me out and, and kind of give me a sense of guidance, who can? So I, I found his address, wasn't that hard, and I wrote him a letter. We wrote letters in those days, people. This was 1992, I think, if memory serves. So yeah, we wrote letters in those days. Anyway, everybody in Sundry said, yeah, yeah, right, he's a very busy person. Clearly he's, he's rich, he's successful, people like that just don't have time. Three days later, he called me. And my sister said, oh, some bloke's on the phone asking for you. Yeah, he'd found me. And wow, was I shocked. But so began this journey. Anyway, so I spent a week, a week, sorry, a day, not a week, with him and, you know, sort of watching and, and learning and, and hearing his advice and asking questions. So partly I just wanted to share that story. It's kind of like Uncle Bob and the science stories. They often have no relation to the, the talk he's, he's going to give, but they're still interesting stories nonetheless. So I partly share that for um, tripping down memory lane. I, I partly share it out of seriousness. You know, find somebody who has done what you would like to do or you've, or they appear to have done what you'd like to do who seem knowledgeable or are knowledgeable, let's, let's cut this qualifying talk out, who are very knowledgeable on the particular topic. So you could learn a lot from them. You could you know, skip along instead of stumbling and, and, and figuring things out for yourself. 
they can guide you and sort of say, look, don't waste your time over there. It's quite pointless or it's too expensive. And what you get for all that money is not much. Focus on these things. If you do those three things, you know, you set yourself up. So that'd be the first thing. Then I would suggest, and in this day and age, not too popular, but I'm saying it anyway, make a 12 month plan. I'm in the middle of it at the moment. In case I wasn't clear enough earlier, I'm in the middle of getting back into software development but specializing in security. So looking at secure software development, secure deployment, CI, CD, um, and then looking at pen testing and, and so on. I don't have all the terms because I'm still, you know, coming up to speed on that. The reason I say 12 months, 12 months is I heard this quote, I think it was attributed to Tony Robbins, and he said people often underestimate what they can do in five years, but overestimate what you can do in 12 months. Well, I'm sort of saying 12 months because, you know, I don't want things also to be too long. I want to give you, I want to suggest that you pick a 12-month window because it's it's long enough that you give yourself a, a sort of a chance to, to begin doing the things, laying down new habits, uh, reinforcing old habits, and a chance to sort of make meaningful progress. But it's not so long that it sort of feels like forever. It's it's something that can and often does the older we get come around in the blip of an eye. So, you know, proverbially before you know it, you can then look back at that period of time and say, what have I achieved? Where did I go wrong? What did I do right in that period of time? How much closer am I to, to my goal than I was when I first started 12 months ago? Ideally, don't do it on New Year's Day because, I don't know, there's just, it's, a, it's a whole bad cliche. But if you want to do it on New Year's Day, go for your life. Uh, but the other thing about it being 12 months is that, you know, it's, it's, it's not long. It's not really long. It's, it's not something that drags forever. Within that uh, point about the 12 months, I would then encourage you to be patient, be persistent, and be flexible. It is 12 months. It won't literally go around in the blink of an eye. So you will have to say, okay, it's only been two months, three months, four months, you know, but give it time so that you can give yourself a chance to succeed. And then specifically within that, look at one of uh, perhaps two things. What is the community or where is the community around what you do? You know, is that on Stack Overflow, on Twitter, on uh, what else? Um, Slack, IIC, Gitter, you know, where, where are the people who are the community? You know, or what combination of, of platforms, you know, where are the meetups and the conferences and so forth. And, and really make a list of all those things and find one or two that you can participate in on a regular basis. Because it, it's part about being authentic and it's part of, of having genuine knowledge that if you're part of the community, it's so much easier to learn. It's so much easier to reinforce your existing knowledge and also to show your knowledge and to, to start to what would you say? You know, you help out. It's it's the scratch my back, I scratch yours. It's being involved in the community and people start to you know, know your name. You're not just a face or, or a, oh yeah, I didn't we see each other once? You're like, oh, I know you. It's like it happened to me increasingly at conferences. Sorry, happens to me increasingly at conferences. I, I'm no star or anything like, I don't know, Derek Reathens or Rasmus Lerdorf or whoever. But people, you know, do look at my name and say, I'm... I know you don't. I, I know your name at least. So, you know, you, you, you do those things so you start to kind of, you know, create a profile, create a brand, if you will, 
for yourself, but you also help out other people because in helping out other people, you have to know what you're doing. Otherwise, you can't give accurate and genuine advice and assistance. Now, on the point of building something, um, I guess it's a lot easier easier to be more specific because we're sort of talking about code. So ideally, if, you know, maybe if there's an open source project, I suggest contributing to one or several of those first, again, to help out and be involved, test and reinforce and grow your knowledge. But ideally, perhaps build something because it's, it's something amazing about computers that unlike other or many other professions that you know people say well why should i hire you or why should i bring you on as a subcontractor contractor freelancer permanent employee you say well i've made this it's a tool that you know one thousand ten thousand however many thousand people use and can vouch for it's it's a living representation of what you know and where you're heading you can say i made that some you know perhaps it's even an open source project so they can look at the code and again, people vouch for you and you can say, well, here's the quality of my work. If you like it, well, then it's clear the you know the type of work I do, how often I commit. Um, so judge for yourself. It's also good because if you put something out there in the public domain, you ask different questions to if it's something that you do in your own private time. Now we're coming around at the 30 minute mark and so I'm going to skip the, the backstory of that. But I think it's it's... With code, it's essential too because code is a very practical, hands-on endeavor. It's, you know, you do stuff, you make stuff, you alter something, you investigate and, and adjust something. So, you know, it, it just makes sense to, to have applied knowledge. Anyway, other than that, I think I've already covered conferences. I'm not going to cover any sort of specific ones. Uh, one other thing I see that I missed was mailing lists. Yes, they are still a thing and they're very awesome. Um, so have a look at some mailing lists that you can get on and that way you can stay up to date with the latest trends, changes and, and goings on. Oh, and podcasts. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about podcasts, wouldn't I? I mean, you're listening to a podcast now. I've given a huge plug for Steve Gibson at Security Now. You know, find one or several podcasts. Yeah, again, stay up to date with the latest trends, what's going on, interesting tidbits and facts and podcasts are just awesome they're just so relaxing and one last one i want to give a huge 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 plug for osme or open sourcing mental illness you can find osme at osmehelp.org that's o s m i help.org now why am i mentioning that well it's open sourcing mental illness and it might seem a bit strange to be sort of talking about that but i think at times in this sort of in, in the world in which we live, it can be difficult to kind of stay on an even keel. You know, you want to do better, you're encouraged to do better, sometimes you're forced to do better, or you feel so much pressure or implied pressure that you feel forced. And it can be if you're not careful, you can burn yourself out and do yourself a lot of harm. So I really want to encourage it because well one, lots of friends have have shared it with me and friends who I trust without a question. And if they believe in it, you know, I believe in it too. But I've, I've listened a lot to it, um, to talks about it and read enough of the information, especially by Ed Finkler that, you know, and I, uh, I'm, I'm meandering a bit, but I, I genuinely believe in the value of it because I guess it's just what we're just saying. 
it's it's modern life it's you know you got to go 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 hard go hard you've got to want to be bigger you've got to want to be better and you can you can run into burnout if you're not careful so i want to encourage you to check out osmehelp.org because maybe you are suffering from burnout maybe in the future you may maybe you know somebody who is so check it out check out all the resources there and help keep yourself help keep your friends on an even keel um, and that we can continue enjoying this thing that we love doing. Anyway, with all that said, once again, as always, it has been a pleasure to have your company. I really mean that. I really enjoy the fact that we get to have this chat, uh, what seems like once a week. Um, yeah, and I hope that you'll, can, you'll stay here with me. I hope that you'll be back next week and that we can do this together. And next week, we'll have some more interesting tidbits and facts on a different topic, which I'm not going to talk about right now. But before I go, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a bit of a cheap plug for Zend Expressive Essentials. If you want to learn the fundamentals of Zend Expressive and start creating awesome apps with it straight away, go to masterzendframework.com forward slash Zend hyphen expressive hyphen essentials. That is, once again, all the W's, masterzendframework.com forward slash zend hyphen expressive hyphen essentials and you will learn all about this awesome framework that is zend expressive you can grab the book for the sum t- the princely price i think it's 27 dollars um and you'll get an intro to zend expressive see how to create applications by hand and use the skeleton installer sorry skeleton installer i love when i fub my words how to augment it with external libraries such as database support and create powerful middleware pipelines on sale now i would love it if you're into zend expressive or going that way and you want an awesome book to get the foundations of it that you would pick that book anyway it's been fun if you want any more information about today's episode go to freethegeek.fm forward slash episode forward slash episode hyphen zero zero two eight and i'll see you next time for episode 29.